1: Everyone. Hello to all those at the Battersea site this morning. Why don't people in Ballon turn around and give everyone at Battersea a Battersea wave? Big shout. Wave to people online as well. Um, I'm loving the fact that technology has just given us more of an opportunity to be one church in multiple locations. And before COVID, um, you should have seen my spreadsheet. My preaching schedule spreadsheet, um, I wouldn't give anyone else access to actually edit it because it was so complicated and so complex, and it was so difficult to organize people to preach the same preach three times across three services, and and then Battersea people would then have the preach a week later than Balaam, and the thought of adding then more sites into the mix as well, just just really just made me feel really tired Um, and so I think one of the incredible plus points of COVID is that our technological advances have have improved so much and it's great just to preach once and know that we're all hearing the same message at the same time and so and our priority is to gather together that's our priority that's what I've missed and to worship together and minister to each other and the absolute beauty about being part of a multi-site church is that we can get to do that in smaller communities smaller groups of people where we're known and people know us and we can actually really make a difference locally but we have the ability to be resourced centrally and so the sites can get on with and do what the things that they're called to do best, like serving the local community, worshipping together, and bringing the transforming power of God into their local communities. And so we love it that we're gathering together as one church this morning. Uh, Praise God for technology. Um, So Steve talked last week about the why for our church, why we exist as a church, our purpose. And I think we'd always known what our purpose was but not being very uh, able to clearly articulate it. And we'd thrown around so many phrases and statements trying to come up with a silver bullet phrase. And then a couple of months ago, I woke up in the middle of the night um, to a funny noise that our cat Millie was making, and I got up and sorted her out. Um, I'm more of a dog person, so apologies to cat people, but I wasn't in the best frame of mind as I was going back to sleep. Um, Just being woken up by cats, not, not... Not fun. And so, but as I was going back to sleep, I just suddenly had these download of phrases coming into my mind. And the first one was this, and that was, God is in the transformation business and we get to join in. And he followed it up with some other phrases, which I'll mention in a moment, but God doesn't often speak to me like this, but I knew it was him. And so I scribbled it down, uh, just some notes down by my bedside and then went back to sleep. And then I woke up in the morning just knowing that this was it. Um, It was was kind of like this different angle on what we'd been thrashing around. Uh, A lot of the phrases that we've been throwing around were very us-centered. It was just like, we're bringing transformation. But ultimately, it has to be God. It's got to be God, hasn't it? And we just get to join in. And so this is our purpose as a church. This is our plumb line. Where is God at work already bringing transformation? God is in the transformation business, and we get to join in. Uh, This is our strapline and our statement, almost like our USP, as it were. Um, You remember Steve talked about the plumb line last week, and this is it. With every project that we do, with every ministry that we oversee, with, with every small group that we're part of, with every part of church life, we can now ask that question. Is this transformational? What is our part and what's God's part in this? Where is God already at work? You know, Jesus talked about only doing what he saw the Father doing. And we want to do that too as a church. What is the Father up to? And we can then apply this to our own lives as well. Uh, You know, whatever whatever we're up to, wherever we are, whether we're at the gym, whether we're at the supermarket checkout, whether we're at work, on a Zoom call... We can ask, we can just like for a second, just ask God, what are you up to? What are you up to, Father? Where are you at work already? And then ask him what our part is and what he wants us to do. When I, when I was awake in the middle of the night, just after I'd had that first phrase, what is it? God is in the transformation business and we get to join in. I then wrote down this next set, st- sentence. And it was this, we are the people carrying the mandate of Isaiah 61, where the spirit of God is upon us to bring transformation. And then we want to see multiple thriving sites across London with worship, formation and mission at their core. We're going to talk about that second part of that next week. But our purpose is God's transformation business, our vision or where we're going as a church, is clarifying what that looks like through the lens of Isaiah 61. Again, it's nothing new here. Like, those of you who've been around for six years, that's nothing new, is it? But it's defined. Um, I've asked uh, Shakira to come up and read Isaiah 61 for us. Um, just a tiny bit of background. You can come up, come on. Just a tiny bit of background before she reads the passage. Um, Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet, and he was called by God to deliver his messages to Israel for its welfare. And this chapter in particular just carries a real message of hope that was ultimately speaking about the future Messiah. So turn in your Bibles, or the words will appear on the screen. Isaiah 61, verse 1
0: to 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations.
1: Okay, Um, I want to highlight the meta-narrative of Isaiah 61. Um, so, those who come to the Lord, they will uh, encounter the Spirit of God. They will be restored and rebuilt and renewed. And God then anoints them, brings them into community. And we see this shift in language from me today. Uh, they're, they're called to go and proclaim and comfort and restore and renew and rebuild. And so this cycle continues. And ultimately, they're called oaks and shepherds and priests and ministers of joy. And instead of shame, a double portion is received. Instead of our mourning and our trauma, everlasting joy is ours. That's transformation. Come on. Um, And we see, I don't know whether many of you watched the the talk from last week or were here last week and heard Steve's um, vision, that he had an open vision back in 2012. Um, It was like this Google map of London, and he saw individuals coming to God, and the Spirit of God was upon them. And then they came into these hubs of fire and light, where they're transformed, and then they're starting to be formed into the image of Jesus, Um, but God doesn't leave us there he it's the poor and it's the needy and it's the broken and those with a terrible past that God uses to bring about transformation and I don't know about you but we'd counted ourselves out we'd gone do you know what I'm not sure God can use us but he does he he goes I can use anyone despite your past he looks at your now and your future and so we're individuals joining with the community to go and proclaim and rebuild And in doing so, this cycle repeats and continues. And so people come into the hubs of fire and light. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon them. They are transformed. They are starting to be formed into the image of Jesus. And then they go. And then they take the transforming power of Jesus with them. And then bring people back again into the hubs of fire and light. You see this cycle going, uh, continuing. So if you fast forward uh, a few hundred years from when Isaiah 61 uh, was written, we see Jesus in the temple just after he'd come back from the wilderness. And he stood up to read, and it says in Luke chapter 4, if you want to turn to it, it says, The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed for free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And you can just imagine that being a bit of a mic drop moment, can't you? Where the the passage in Isaiah was foretelling about the coming Messiah. And all the Jews would have known that. And then Jesus reads this passage and pretty much goes, I'm here guys. Which is why the Jews were in uproar when they heard it. Because they saw what he'd said as completely blasphemous. They literally tried to kill him that day after he'd said this. And it's so easy, isn't it, to become familiar with passages that we miss things. I I must have read this passage in Isaiah 61 or Luke 4 hundreds of times. But the thing that's really impacted me recently has been the the very, very first verse. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. What does this mean for us? Again, go back to our vision. We are people carrying the mandate of Isaiah 61, where the Spirit of God is upon us to bring transformation. I love, um, in Hebrews 1, it says Jesus is the exact representation of God's being, his nature. So Jesus is exactly like the Father. He represents him perfectly. There's no difference between the Father and Jesus in nature, in action, in word. And then in John 14, Jesus says to his disciples, it's better that I go because he's going to give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I want you to take a note of the word another. This is, uh, this is the Greek word. We're, we're learning lots of language, language this morning. This is the Greek word, alos. Say to each other, alos. alos. And it means another of the very same kind. And by using this word, Jesus was just sending a clear message that when the Holy Spirit came, the Spirit would be just like himself. The Holy Spirit would represent Jesus in every way and duplicate his life and ministry. He would mirror Jesus to such an extent that whatever Jesus would say would be what the Holy Spirit would say. And so you can imagine the disciples, they must have been so fearful about Jesus like talking about leaving them. And yet what he was saying was that the Holy Spirit's presence would make it seem as if Jesus was still among them. And so when Jesus uses this Greek word, alos, to describe another, It tells you and me that Jesus was telling him the Holy Spirit and I are identical in every way. So by having him, it will be as if you still have me. So Jesus is exactly the same as the Father and the Holy Spirit is exactly the same as Jesus. And so we have the opportunity of having the Holy Spirit living in us and being our advocate 24-7. I don't know whether you sometimes wish or you, I sometimes hear people going, I wish I was around 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking the earth. But if we believe the words that Jesus said about the, says about the Holy Spirit and his likeness to Jesus, then we don't have to regret that we weren't there 2,000 years ago. Jesus taught that if the Holy Spirit resides in us, it's identical to having Jesus walking amongst us in the flesh. My, mind Mind-blowing. So Jesus modelled what it was like to be full of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is actually commanded in Scripture. It's both an invitation and a command. It's literally like, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't live under the influence of this, live under the, under the influence of this. Don't let this shape how you walk, let this shape how you walk. And so Jesus modelled what this fullness looked like, not to shame us, not to be like, "Oh, look what I have and what you don't have. It's always this invitation to pursue. It's always the invitation to go after what he has made available. We might be uh, tempted to read, to read Isaiah 61 and think, right, as a church... We've got to bring good news to the poor, we've got to bring freedom for the captives, we've got to bring sight for the blind, we've got to comfort all who mourn, and they're such wonderful verses, aren't they? But sometimes I just go, gosh, that's a bit difficult. (laughs) That's a really difficult mandate for us as a church. Feels quite a high bar, doesn't it? But the key to all of it is that first verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. That's what makes the rest of the passage possible. Uh, I, I know the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in me for my sake. He's my advocate, my counselor, my comforter, my guide. But he rests upon me for other people. And we have to understand that when the Spirit of God comes upon us, it's always for action. It's always to change something. We can step into impossibilities and we might not know what's supposed to happen. We just know that God doesn't want it left the way it is. We don't come as the smart people. Praise God. We don't come as the people that have the plan. But we step into the middle of an impossibility knowing that the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, He is living in us. And he has solutions for every situation. And we are equipped to do this when the Holy Spirit is upon us. So my point is that the power coming from your life, it's the power coming from your life that sets the captives free, that brings transformation. The Holy Spirit sends you the comforter and the advocate to bring peace to you. All that stuff's for you, but the Spirit of God who's upon us, that's to bring about transformation in the events and in our our communities around us. The fullness of the Spirit is measured by the impact on the people and situations around us. But the issue is we leak. Anyone else leaky? I am very leaky. Um, in Acts chapter 2, we know they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an extraordinary chapter. It's an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and thousands of people start following Jesus. But in chapter 4, they get filled with the Spirit again. And it's probably anywhere between two and five years after that first in Acts 2 and so we've got the same people that were in Acts 2 that were totally rocked but then they're in the same experience a couple of years later and my point is that we're broken vessels we leak we need refilling and that's what the whole deal is to stay in that place where the spirit of God comes upon us continuously my stories yesterday are wonderful but I want to have new stories every day the Lord has invited us into relationship where we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but then we keep needing to be filled with the Holy Spirit in relationship with him. And if I'm totally honest, I forget this. I forget to be filled with the Spirit. Anyone else forget? I forget it. I'm sometimes too busy to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit lives in me, but how often do I ask God to fill me again? Uh, Our kids are now 20 and 18, just gone through another change of season with them. Sam got his A-levels a few weeks ago, and then I took him last Sunday to Exeter Uni. But I remember when our kids were little that sometimes they they just weren't hungry. And it's always a sign of something that's not quite right. Is it a fever? Is there something going wrong? Something's not right if they weren't hungry. And the absence of hunger actually revealed something that wasn't right. I actually breathe a bit of relief now when Sam's not hungry now. (laughs) (laughs) The the appetite of an 18-year-old boy is incredible. I'm not quite sure how he's going to manage the whole feeding himself thing at uni. It's just not quite sure how that's going to work. If you are a student here... Keep just inviting yourself to run to other people's houses and just like, guys, look, look out for students. They need food. Um, but when the kids were little, you knew that something wasn't quite right if they weren't hungry. And sometimes I wonder if you feel like this. You're just not hungry for God's presence to fill you again. And maybe the, just the beginning place today is this invitation, just this willingness to become hungry because the absence of hunger reveals that something's not quite right. Just pause for a minute. Just ask yourself, am I hungry for more of the Spirit of God? Am I hungry for more? Remember the vision statement. You're going to have these like flashing through your minds in your sleep soon. We are people carrying the mandate of Isaiah 61 where the Spirit of God is upon us to bring transformation. We want to be people who bring good news to the poor, don't we? I, will, I want to see the power of God uh, break addiction in people's lives. I long to see blind eyes open. But we have to start with receiving the Spirit's power. It's not about us and how hard we try. Actually, thank goodness. It's all about God and how powerful He is. Oh, I need, to, I need my beautiful assistant here, uh, Steve. Um, if you could just um, hold this water bottle. So, um, Exhibit A, if you'd like, no, no, don't open it yet. Come and show it to the, to the camera, to the people in the room. Um, <laughs> Okay, it's full, isn't it? It's, it's legal to sell because it's full. Okay, you may open it now. Um, it's not actually full, in fact, is it? It's not actually full. It's not full until it overflows. <laughs> it's just my excuse to get you really wet. Um, it's the overflow that... I re- <laughs> <laughs> see the eyes, but... it's the overflow that reveals its fullness. You may go. Um, You get that analogy. We're not actually full until we're overflowing. The fullness of the Holy Spirit is never measured by what you have. It's measured by what overflows from you. And this kingdom is just completely different. It functions really differently. It's not about what I contain or about what I keep. It's about what I release and what I give away. And I want to pray for us today that the Holy Spirit would come so powerfully upon us that he would so deeply expand our ability to represent him and to carry his presence, to bring his transformation, to deeply impact the lives of people around us. And so uh, this vision, we're going to talk about the second half in more detail next week. But this first half of our vision, we're the people carrying the mandate of Isaiah 61, where the Spirit of God is upon us to bring transformation. This, uh, for this vision of the church to be fulfilled, it has to start to, by being filled again and again and again with the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm hungry. I feel like I've been a bit starved over this past year. Anyone like in that place where they just feel a bit starved. I'm hungry for God's presence. I'm hungry to know more of God. I, I can't do this without him. I, I don't want just a nice church with nice meetings and nice friends. I mean, I do want that, but you know. Um, but this is about so much more. I want to overflow with the spirit of God that I can't help but bring transformation everywhere I go. I, I, this, this quote from Oswald Chambers grabbed my attention this week, and it just says this complete weakness and dependence will always be the occasion for the Spirit of God to manifest His power. I'm going to read that again because I just love it. Complete weakness and dependence will always be the occasion for the Spirit of God to manifest His power. I don't want nice, sanitized church meetings. I, don't want to have I, I want to have meetings filled with the power and the presence of God. I don't just want to be a church where we do good deeds for our community. I want the Spirit of God to be upon us so that he helps with the transformation. We have to be dependent on God. I, I don't know about you, but I really don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to lead a church. I don't have what it takes to open the eyes of the blind. So this is actually really freeing because it starts with the Spirit of God. It doesn't actually start with me. It starts with him. John Wimber, who um, was the founder of the Vineyard Churches, he was a successful church leader. Um, but at a one point, God woke him up and said to him, John, I've seen your ministry. Now I'm going to show you mine. And that was the point where the supernatural exploded in their church and their city. And I want that. I want that for London. I I don't want it to be our plans. I want it to be God's. Let the Spirit of God come upon us today. If If you're up for this, if you are hungry or if you want to be hungry, why don't you stand if you're able to? Just as a simple act to indicate that you want more of God that you want to be filled again with the Spirit. Or it may be that you're just sitting there thinking, what on earth are these weird Christians on about? And if you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, can I just say that this will be the best decision that you ever make? He wants to bring freedom into your life today. He wants to turn your mourning into joy. And you can have the Spirit of God, the Counselor, with you 24-7. And so if that's you as well, if you've never received the Spirit of God before, if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, why don't you stand as well? I'm going to hand back to Holly and Elias at Battersea and to Steve here in Valham, um, just to lead us in this time where we're just open to the Spirit of God filling us again.
0: Just hold your hands out in front of you. It's just a a sign that you're ready to receive, a sign of honour to God. Scripture says, we draw near to him, he draws near to us. How much do you want it? I feel like the Holy Spirit is asking us that question. How much do we want this? Just increase Thank you, Jesus. Have an encounter with Jesus now.